Thank you for joining the Element Church Podcast, where we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope this message inspires and strengthens your faith. Well, five years ago this month, God used a random conversation with a a nurse who attends our church. That random conversation opened up my wife Sabrina's heart for the very first time to share with someone how she had been feeling for the last several weeks, even months. What we now know of was extreme anxiety and depression. That conversation led to a counselor which used then a heart monitor and medication and confusion and it even brought tension into our marriage. But friends, it also led to surrender and allowing the Holy Spirit to dig up some roots in our own hearts and minds that were leading to the fruit of anxiety and depression. And most of all, that conversation led us to victory. No, the the anxiety is not 100% gone, but the control on our lives is God has done an amazing work in both Sabrina and my hearts and minds concerning mental health over the last five years. And mental health is what I want to talk about today as we continue our sermon series called Broken Normal. And after that introduction, it might help some of you to know who I am. If you don't know who I am, my name is Jeff Manis. I am the lead pastor here. And yes, even in this pastor's family and in this pastor's home, we have struggled with mental health. And I hope just just saying that out loud today gives someone hope, gives someone the freedom to have their own conversation about how they are doing as well. For those of you who are watching online, I'm so glad that you are with us as well. As everyone is receiving this message via video today, uh, our family already had vacation planned uh, when we uh, planned this series out. And so I decided I wanted to make sure I was the one tackling this very important message. And so we thought doing a video sermon while I was away would be the best way to do it. So we pre-recorded this message and are bringing it to you today. To our online family, I do know that many of you are engaging from other communities or you're still restricted by COVID, but we want to know who you are so we can better serve you, better lead you, and better make decisions for our church as a whole. With only 44% of our pre-COVID attenders returning to in-person gatherings, we need to know who still calls Element Church home that's watching online. So if you are someone who only engages online right now and you do so regularly, if you've not filled out the form that we have for you, would you please do that? It's only three questions, your name, your email, and how many people normally watch with you. Uh, You can find the link to that form if you're on the church online platform uh, by the the link in the chat box. If you're on demand or on YouTube, it's in the video description there. Or you can always go to our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook, search Element Church, and pinned to the very top of our Facebook page is a link to that form. You only got to do it one time. And if you do, it will greatly help us serve you, minister to you, and lead you better. Really, it'll help us be, a, be better leaders for our church as a whole. Okay, this, this whole series was born from feelings that many of us were having when COVID began to sweep our world. Feelings like, I just want to go back to normal. Or when will we go back to normal? And as I said last week, when we started having those feelings, I started asking myself the question, what if normal was broken? And it was, it was broken. 
Last week, we looked at how our spiritual lives as a whole, they were broken, and what we can do to move forward into a new, better, devoted normal. Today, as I said, I want to talk about our mental health. Anxiety, depression, mental health struggles, they are real. We can't ignore them, church, especially in the church. Like this needs to be a safe place to not only talk about them, but to admit that we have them and then walk together through them. And, and please, please hear me. I'm not saying that if you have mental health struggles that you yourself are broken or not valuable in some way. All of us, we all live in a broken world with broken bodies. We do. And for many of us, our family included, a part of that brokenness is in the form of anxiety. And this is one of those areas that has actually gotten worse, much worse, since COVID began to sweep our world. In July of 2019, 8.2% of adults showed signs of anxiety disorder. In July of 2020, that number jumped to 36%. 36% from 8.2. Friends, this is a serious struggle. It's a serious struggle for, for many people. And while I can't speak to the physical, chemical, medical, f uh, psychological, or emotional aspect of anxiety, I can speak to the spiritual aspect of anxiety. It's why I wanted to preach this sermon the week after we, we talked about our spiritual lives. And I need to give credit to, to Pastor Craig Groeschel, uh, pastor of Life Church in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. He helped me form this message through a sermon he preached on anxiety in August of this last year. Uh, today, I, I want to use Jesus as our example in our battle against anxiety, to which you might say, wait a minute, Jesus had anxiety? And while I wouldn't say he had anxiety like a diagnosed illness, I do think it's clear in Scripture that Jesus had at least a battle with anxiety that can serve as a model for us today. And in fact, here's our big idea for today. It's on the screens if you want to write it down. Jesus is not just our example against sin. He's our example in every struggle. That's helpful. It's good news. That Jesus is not just our example against sin, which he is. Uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus was tempted in every single way we are, yet he did not sin. But I believe he's also our example in every struggle, including anxiety. Now, if you don't believe in Jesus, this sermon does not exclude you at all. Uh, first of all, uh, even though we'd love for you to put your faith in Jesus, make no, uh, no qualms about that, uh, we, we just want you to know that even if you don't put your faith in Jesus, we're still going to love you and honor you as best we can, because that's what Jesus would want us to do. But second of all, uh, I, I hope today to shine a light for us on the lie that if you believe in Jesus, all will just go well for you in life, because it may not be true. Even though all may not go well, though, for us as Christians, the great news is we do have an example in Jesus to overcome anything we face, including anxiety. That Jesus is not just our example against sin. He's our example in every struggle. So here's the big question we've got to ask today. How did Jesus battle anxiety? How did Jesus 
battle anxiety, or at least a moment of anxiety. The main scripture that will help us is Mark 14, 32 through 42. Mark is the second book in the New Testament portion of the Bible, and for the most part, we'll be in the Gospel of Mark, but we're also going to jump to some other places in Scripture as well. So if you want to follow along on the screens, we always put the Scriptures and and quotes there. Uh, If you don't own a Bible, we give them away for free. Uh, You can ask for one if you're here in person. Ask for one out at guest services. We'll get you a Bible free of charge or download the free Bible app called YouVersion. Mark here records the moments just before Jesus was arrested and then crucified for our sins. Like Jesus knew what was coming. And it was more than just dying for our sins. The Bible tells us that Jesus became sin for us. That on the cross, Jesus became sin itself, our sin. That that sin you're thinking of, Jesus became that sin. And because he would become sin, he would be separated from the Father for the very first time. And in agony on the cross, he would cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Jesus knew what was coming. He knew what he's about to face, not just physical pain, but spiritual, emotional, relational pain. And look what it says about Jesus, Mark 14 32 through 34, they went to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And by the way, I've been to that olive grove in Israel. If you go with me in 2022, uh, you'll go there as well. And we go to a little secluded private area of the Garden of Gethsemane, and we'll spend some time in worship and prayer. And then we read through this story in the garden, and it was unbelievable for me to be in the place where this happened. So they went to Gethsemane, and Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John, his inner circle, with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. So how did Jesus battle anxiety? And let me just tell you that the things we look at today, they won't take away your anxiety. It's not going to remove anxiety per se, but this is how Jesus battled it. And I think he's our example in this. So the first thing we see here is this, he was real with his community. Jesus was real with his community, his small group, if you will, his inner circle. I mean, these are the people he was doing life with. And in the most intense moment of pressure and anxiety. Jesus was relying on his community. He was being real with his community. And that's the problem for many of us. Now, I talked about this last week, that for a lot of us, we don't have a community to be real with. Pastor Craig Rochelle, in that sermon I mentioned earlier in the sermon, Uh, He he said this, one of the reasons you may be battling anxiety is because you are lacking community. Did you know that simply being in church on a weekly basis with God's people can greatly increase your mental well-being? There's actually studies that have shown that. Since COVID hit, 46% of people who attend a church weekly report excellent mental health. 46% who attend church weekly 
while only 29% of those who seldom or never go report excellent mental health. That's huge. That's a 17-point difference in mental well-being simply by weekly gathering with God's people. Now, I'm not naive. I understand that just by being in church or being in true community, that won't take away your anxiety. But friends, I will say, it will be awfully hard to navigate it, let alone to overcome it without true community in your life. Even Jesus was real with his community about how he was feeling. And you don't think we need to be? I'm concerned, as I shared last week, for many of us. I'm concerned because it feels like there are way too many Christians, even Christians in our church, who don't have true community. A group of people, Christian people, that you're doing life with, being real and vulnerable with about how you're doing, how you're really feeling, where you're really struggling in life. And listen, posting something on Facebook is not community. It's not community. Real community is what Randy McGraw had. Randy was a part of our church for many years And sadly, due to some tragic complications with a surgery and then ongoing health issues he had in life, Randy passed away just a few months ago in November. But all through 2020 and this physical struggle that he had, even up to the week of his passing, he stayed connected to his men's small group right here at Element. His wife told us that their family wouldn't have made it without his group this last year. They brought him so much encouragement. She said if he was having a rough day, he would would reach out to them. They would pray for him, and it would immediately lift his spirits. When he was angry, they heard him out. When he was scared, they calmed his fears. When he was discouraged, they gave him hope. But the thing that stood out to me the most was actually his obituary. You want to talk about real community. I had never seen this before in my life And as a pastor's kid raised in the church and then now a pastor for the last over 20 years, I've been around lots and lots of funerals and I've never seen this before in my life. In his obituary, listed among his family names, family members, as people he was survived by was his small group. Listed among family of people he was survived by. That's the kind of community we need. For me, it was confirmation of our vision as a church, and this group here at Element was living it out. We exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. That small group was doing all of that and more. So so do you have that kind of community to be real with? Because Jesus did. Jesus did. And Jesus is not just our example against sin. He's our example in every struggle. So how did Jesus battle anxiety? He was real with his community, with those he was doing life with. Number two is this. He was raw with God. Jesus was raw with God. Mark 14, reading 35 and 36 now, says this. He went on a little farther and fell to the ground. 
He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Uh, The Gospel of Matthew tells us that Jesus did this three different times. He would go and pray and then come back to his disciples and ask them to pray. And then in Luke's Gospel, Luke, who was a doctor by trade, a, a physician, he records this, Luke 24, verse 44. He, Jesus, prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like drops of blood. If there's any other way, he begged God to take it away. So how did Jesus battle anxiety? He was raw with God. He told the Father how he felt and what he needed. And did you know that's what the Bible actually tells us to do as well? God's big enough to handle us being raw with him. If God's not big enough to handle us being raw with him, then he isn't God. Philippians 4 verse 6 tells us exactly how we should respond in our moments of worry. It actually says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Be raw with God. Then 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says this, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Other versions use the word cast. Cast all your anxieties, other versions say, on God, for he cares about you. Uh, The word picture here in the original language is is interesting. It, It literally means to take it off of ourselves and put it on to God. It's a transfer of ownership of our worry and anxiety. That when I'm raw with God about my worries, about my cares, about my anxieties, I'm transferring ownership of it to him. I'm giving it to him. Literally, I mean, this is a crude illustration, but, but literally it's like if, if this cup is my anxiety and this table is God, it's literally I'm giving my cares to God and I'm stepping away. I'm acknowledging that you are God and I am not, so I'm surrendering this to you. Isn't that a powerful word picture? The problem is, if you use the word cast, we often cast our worries and anxiety on God more like we're fishing. I'm I'm known to be, I hate fishing, I think our church knows that, but I know enough in fishing that that you, you cast out the reel, right? And the line goes out, and what do you do once you cast it? You start bringing it back in, (laughs) I think the problem is that's how a lot of us cast our worries on God. We, we cast it, but then we just bring it back. No, it's, 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 it's handing transfer of ownership and then saying, Lord, you, you are God, I am not. I mean, that's literally what Jesus said and did. He was in such agony of spirit that he sweat drops of blood, and while in that state, he was raw with the Father. He pleaded with the Father for any other way, but then he cast it onto the Father and said, yet 
I want your will to be done, not mine. Which leads right into the next thing I want us to see here. Jesus is not just our example against sin. He's our example in every struggle. So how did Jesus battle anxiety? He was real with his community. He was raw with God. Then number three, he was renewing to himself. He was renewing to himself. And here's what I mean. The words Jesus said, I believe were not just words for the Father to hear. They were words for him to hear as well. I think Jesus was was speaking strength to himself more than he was just surrendering to the Father. Look again at what Jesus said, only this time from Luke 22, verse 42. Luke records this, Father, if you are willing Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus was speaking truth over his life. He was telling his feelings the truth. That yes, I may want another way. Yes, I might feel like giving up. Yes, I might be overwhelmed. But yet, I want your will to be done, not my own. My mission is to be faithful to the Father. I mean, this is actually a practice that's been huge for my wife, Sabrina, and I as we have battled anxiety in our own lives, speaking truth into and over our lives. In fact, I have... 84 different declarations of truth I say over my life on a regular basis. Sabrina, I believe, has over 150 declarations of truth that she says that renew our hearts and minds. Now, we don't say all of them every day, but every day we say some of them. Or oftentimes, if we're in a moment of intense pressure, anxiety, worry, depression, we'll use these declarations of truth to to root ourselves in what's actually real and true about God and about us. They renew our hearts and minds. And these things are not just self-help statements. They're rooted in Scripture. For me, I have statements like this, I am who God says I am. It's rooted in Ephesians 2 verse 10 that we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus to do the good things he prepared for us long ago. It's rooted in scripture. I am who God says I am. Uh, Here's another one of mine. I'm worth it. I'm worth it. That I'm yours, God, for I belong to you. You bought me with a high price. Or this one is one of my favorite ones, and I I count this all as one statement. It's long, but I count this as one declaration of truth. There is a God, and he is alive in me today. He is a good God. He is sovereign over all things in my life. He is for me and not against me. He loves me unconditionally and without question. And he not only hears me when I pray, but he answers me as well. And he is with me no matter what I face in this life. So I'm confident in God, I'm standing with God, and I trust in my God. That's one statement that I have in my, in my life. Some of my statements are literally just scripture. Like Isaiah 41.10, where we sang a song based on it earlier. That, that I won't be afraid for you are with me. I won't be discouraged for you are my God. You will strengthen me and help me. You will hold me up with your victorious right hand. 84 statements I have. 
And when I say them over my life, because they are truths that are rooted in God's word, they begin to renew my heart and mind. They are renewing to myself. Jesus said to the Father, this is how I'm feeling, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. He was renewing to himself. And friends, our words have power, especially when they are words of truth that can combat the lies that the enemy brings our way. Scripture tells us the devil is the father of lies, that when he speaks, lying is his native language. So every time the enemy speaks to you, he speaks lies. And if we start to believe those lies, we need the truth to combat it. Jesus is not just our example against sin. He's our example in every struggle. So how did Jesus battle anxiety? He was real with his community. He was raw with God. He was renewing to himself. And then lastly, he was receptive to the Spirit's help. He was receptive to the Spirit's help. Mark 14 Jumping now to verses 41 and 42, Jesus had gone three different times to his disciples and then back to pray to the disciples and then back to pray. And then verse 41 says this, when he returned to them the third time, he said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But no, the time has come. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners up. Let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And coming towards them was Judas. And the crowd of soldiers who had come to arrest Jesus. Like, how did Jesus do that? Uh, One minute he's falling to the ground, distressed and troubled, crushed with grief to the point of death. In such agony of spirit, he was sweating drops of blood, pleading with the Father for any other way. And now he's ready to stand up and face the very people and the very things that were causing his anxiety. How did he do that? Luke gives us a clue. Luke 23, 43, at the end of this passage says this, then, like literally after he was real with his community, after he was raw with God, after he was renewing to himself, then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. And he said, up, let's be going. Let's face the very thing that's causing my soul to be crushed with grief. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says almost the exact same thing to us. We read verse 6 earlier. It says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Like be, be raw with him and thank him for all he's done. Declare some truth, some praises about who God is and who you are in him. Then you will experience God's peace after you're raw with God, after you renew yourself with truth and praise. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It's almost like what Jesus experienced. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to receive the Spirit's help. So, do you need to be real with your community? Uh, One of the guys in my small group 
I have a men's group that, that meets uh, on Tuesdays, and in this last season that we were in, one of my guys just opened up one night and said, guys, I'm, ha- I'm having anxiety like every single night. I'm fine throughout the day, but I lay down and then I start getting anxious. I start having anxiety and I can't sleep. I can't go to sleep. And just in, in sharing it, you could tell there was some light that was brought to the darkness and, and we prayed over him and we, we asked God to take it away and he came back the next week and he had slept like a baby Every night that week, and I, as far as I know, the anxiety has not come back. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen for you, but do you have a community to be real with? Do you, do you actually need a community because you're not in one? <laughs> do you need to get into a small group? Be more committed to God's church and God's people and being around others? Do you need to be raw with God? And tell him how you're really feeling. Here's the crazy part. He already knows. You're not going to shock God with how you feel. You might as well tell him. Be raw with God. Do you need to be renewing to yourself, speaking truth over your life? Do you need to be receptive to the Spirit's help? Listen, as I said at the very beginning, doing these things may not take your anxiety away. But they are the way that Jesus battled his moment of anxiety and I think we can learn from that and apply some things to our life. I I don't know who needed this message today. Here I am recording it before you'll even receive it on a a Sunday. Maybe it was just for me. I don't know. Maybe it's for someone down the road. They're going to listen to it or watch it months or years down the road. I don't know who it was for but I want to pray for anyone who might be in the middle of some anxiety today disturbed, distressed, in such agony of spirit like Jesus was. I just want to pray for you that God would bring to you peace. So if you're watching online, if you're here in, in the room, and you are someone that right now today, you're, you're just battling, whether it's a life of anxiety or moments of anxiety, I just want to pray for you today. And if you are someone who's not experiencing this, you can join me in praying for those who are Father in heaven, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus to invade the hearts and minds of people who are watching and listening and experiencing this. Invade them with your peace, Holy Spirit, we pray. Jesus, I believe you desire to bring us peace. You are called the Prince of Peace. And so, Lord, you bring peace to our lives Lord, for every single one of us, there are different things in life that cause worry and cause anxiety. And Lord, in those moments, I pray you'd give us the strength to be real with our community. If we're not in one, Lord, I pray we get in one. I pray be raw with you, Lord, right now. I pray there's someone who is literally crying out to you in in a raw fashion like they never had before, literally pleading with you as Jesus did. I pray we'd be renewing to ourselves speaking words of truth. Lord, I pray for words of truth right now to be given to people who are battling anxiety, that they are not alone for you are always with us, that they are strong in you and by the power of the Holy Spirit, that they are are uniquely made by you in the image of God. On and on and on, we have such great truth from Scripture to anchor ourselves to. And Lord, open up our hearts to be receptive to your Spirit's power. Lord, right now, every single person that says they are battling with anxiety, Lord, bring your peace in the name of Jesus. Silence the enemy. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. But here's, here's the thing. <laughs> I do this often in my, in my sermons. The reality is, Jesus could take away all of your anxiety and take away everything in life that has the potential to cause anxiety. But if you never put your faith in Jesus, it would be worthless. Be worthless. If all your anxiety was gone, but your sins were not forgiven. If you did not have spiritual peace with God. So I want to give you that chance today. You see, we all have this problem. It's called sin. Not just that we have sinned, but when we sin, our sin separates us from God. And if that sin goes undealt with, it becomes an eternal separation. The, the, the worst news is we can do nothing to bridge that gap. No amount of work, no amount of effort, no amount of money can bridge the gap between us and God. But God loved us so much. He said, I'll bridge the gap for you. And he did that in the form of Jesus, God in the flesh. He came as one of us, modeled a perfect life for us, died because of us, paying the price for our sins. And three days later, he rose victorious so that any one of us, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, by faith in Jesus can be forgiven of your sins, given a new life today, power to live your lives for him every day. And then one day, that Jesus who battled anxiety as our example and died on the cross and rose again by faith in him one day, you can live forever with him. Have you put your faith in Jesus? If you haven't, I want to lead you in a prayer expressing your faith in Christ. You can say this prayer silently in your heart to God. Father in heaven, I believe in Jesus. I believe he's God in the flesh, died in my place, rose again. So Jesus, I profess my faith in you. Please forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me new. Come into my heart. I repent of the way I've lived my sinful and selfish life. And I turn now to follow you in a new way and a new life. I receive from you salvation. Thank you for loving me, Jesus. Thank you for being my example, not only against sin, but my example in every struggle. And I pray that you'd help me follow you. Thanks for loving me. I'll do my best to love you back. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer to ask Jesus into your heart, we want to welcome you and celebrate with you and offer you a free resource, a devotional we wrote uh, to get you taking your next steps in Christ. The best way to do that, whether you're here in person or online, is to text us the word one to the number on the screen, 41400. Text the word one to 41400 and no strings attached. We'll give you a link to download a, a devotional that we wrote for you. This is the best decision you'll ever make. It's the hardest one you will ever live out, and we want to help you live it out. If this message brought up some things you need prayed for uh, and you're here in person, you can always stop at the purple tent in the back of the auditorium, and our great prayer team will pray for whatever you have going on in your life. If you're watching online on the church online platform, click the prayer button or uh, call us, email us. We'd be honored to pray for your request. I love you guys so much. Uh, next week, we will continue our Broken Normal series. Have a great week. You are dismissed. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast or follow us on social media. To learn more about our gathering times in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or to take your next step, 
visit our website, elementchurch.life. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week right here on the Element Church Podcast.